Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome into something new here on the Gamecock Central Podcast. For those of you that are used to hearing Emerson or Wes or Chris or a whole variety of other people may not recognize my voice. My name is Pearson Fowler. I'm the host of the Noon Show on 107.5 The Game. We're actually in the 107.5 The Game studios right now with Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark. Like I mentioned, doing something a little different, playing a little Gamecock current events and the big news of this week around Columbia is the hiring of a new running back coach for South Carolina and that is former Georgia running back Thomas Brown a guy who had a nice career as a running back in Georgia as eighth all-time in rushing for Georgia and since then has had a nice career starting out at Chattanooga was the running back coach for Wisconsin was the running back coach for Georgia and followed Mark Richt down to Miami where he has spent the last couple of years as the offensive coordinator and running back coach now finds himself as a running back coach here at South Carolina with Bobby Bentley moving over to the tight end coach position with Pat Washington on his way out of Columbia. Wes and Chris, thanks for being here with me. What was your initial reaction to this hire? Yeah, I think, um, you know, something that appeared to be brewing maybe for the last week or so. And uh, I think when you have an opportunity to bring in a Thomas Brown, uh, you know, you, you do what you have to do to make it happen. And I, I think you look at South Carolina, you look at the uphill battle they face uh, for a variety of reasons at times, and just the opportunity to bring in another proven recruiter, um, someone who uh, has ties to the coaching staff already, uh, you know, play with Brian McClendon, the offense coordinator, when they were both at Georgia. And, um, you know, I, I think the my other reaction, other than the fact that, you know, it was a very strong hire, Chris, was just uh, that they made – the effort to get it done quickly. You know, you went ahead and had the BOT meeting, the recruiting dead period. We'll talk more about recruiting, I'm sure, as the um, you know show goes on. But uh, the fact they went ahead and got it done, dead period ends uh, officially on Friday where coaches can go on the road again and they can have recruits in again. So just getting it done quickly allows Thomas Brown to go ahead, get on the road, and then also when you have guys coming in, you know, he's going to already be on campus and able to talk to recruits and, and do all that stuff. So great hire, but great timing as well. You know, I think it was a it was a natural fit. I think you, you mentioned West the connection with with Coach Brown and Brian McClendon. They played together at Georgia. There was also carryover as assistant coaches at Georgia. You know, Thomas Brown had the one year in 2015. Brian McClendon actually moved positions to make way for Thomas Brown. So a, a little bit of a similar situation here with Bobby Bentley shifting to tight ends. Um, there there was sort of an odd man out situation with Pat Washington uh, looking like he'll leave the staff or, or he'll certainly you know, look for other opportunities. But uh, Thomas Brown was a guy at Wisconsin. Brian McClendon was the running backs coach at Georgia and had done a phenomenal job there in terms of coaching and bringing in talent. Some of the names that he coached there, some of the names he recruited were were big-time guys who play in the NFL now. Um, but Brown was a guy he knew. They brought him on. BMAC moved over to wide receivers and then, of course, made his way to South Carolina after that coaching change. And Brown went down there with, uh, with Mark Rick to Miami. But a guy who's highly regarded. I know we've we've talked to several people over the last uh, few days, uh, whether it's in Miami or Georgia, whether it's parents of prospects, whether it's high school coaches, and the feeling is this is something that that's upgraded South Carolina staff. And in the in the off season, Will Muschamp looked for some ways to do that. 
and with keeping Bobby Bentley on staff, moving him positionally. But he, he's been a guy that, you know, has made a big impact in recruiting at other positions. When you look at Rick Sandage or Joseph Anderson or Max Iyama out of Tennessee, he's done a really good job there. And Thomas Brown is a guy who I think can do some good work in recruiting as well. Given the timing of the situation, just a couple days removed from Clemson winning its second national championship in three years, just to pull back the curtain a little bit here, do you think that this was something that maybe was agreed upon before that and Carolina was just holding on to a little bit of good or exciting news for maybe after the national championship game if this were a worst-case scenario? You know, I think it's something that uh, by season's end, you know, by, say, the Akron game and then into the bowl game, I think the feeling in the program was that some changes were maybe afoot. Now, what we didn't know at the time was that Mark Rick would resign at Miami. I mean, that was something that sort of came out of the blue a little bit. We knew that he would probably be making some staff changes down there. Something would have to improve because they, they certainly didn't didn't finish out their year very well down there. Um, but once he resigned, Manny Diaz gets hired as the coach. Basically, the Miami administration and Manny Diaz wanted to sort of completely just revamp what they were doing offensively. Uh, Thomas Brown didn't call plays there. He had the offensive coordinator title, but Mark Rick handled the offense. And so that created an opportunity. Then you've got the ties to Brian McClendon. You've got the realization that South Carolina needed to continue to upgrade their roster, upgrade the staff, bring in and lure big-time running back talent to Columbia. And so from that standpoint, it was a move that made a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think, um, to your point, um, by the way, that was Pearson that brought Clemson into the Gamecock Central podcast. Um, just want to make that clear. This Go is ahead, current events. That's a current your, event. Uh, send your hate mail directly to him. I mean, we're about five minutes in before we mention uh, the team from the upstate. But, but no, I think you look around college football and you look at what South Carolina needs to do to to take another step as a program. I mean, let's let's have a frank conversation about it. Um, you look at the teams, and we won't even talk about them. Just look at the teams in general that are in uh, the college football playoff. Look at the teams that are playing on New Year's Day bowls right now. Um, they have to continue to upgrade the talent. And I, I think to Chris's point, you know, Bobby Bentley has done a really, really good job of uh, in his territories of recruiting guys. I mean, you look at the Rick Sandage uh, win for him. I mean, that was a key South Carolina victory head-to-head against Georgia. Came down to the end. and uh, I mean, he worked that thing um, – for you know, for a year plus, and uh, it was not a simple, easy battle. Like it, it was all the way to the end, and uh, you have to get those recruiting victories on the trail. And Bobby Bentley was able to do that. But then I think you look at Thomas Brown's pedigree first as a player. You know, I looked him up on his rivals profile. He was like a top uh, forty player in the country out of high school. He was a six oh four star. Uh, looks like he could still play right now if you watch the video that um, from the Canes. Uh, Kane's all access thing that I posted on Gamecock Central. Um, dude could still play now, I think, just looking at him physically. But um, the guys he's coached, uh, I think you look at South Carolina and needing to upgrade talent just across the board, continue to bring in playmakers. Um, they they need that elite back, that elite playmaker who can go make plays for them and a guy that uh, can take what what's blocked and, and add to it. You look at a Marcus Lattimore, the, the play – and that's just the best example we have for our, you know, at South Carolina. A play is blocked for no gain on third and one. Lattimore, a lot of times, is going to get get you the one himself. A play is blocked for five yards, but a back makes that extra guy miss, and five yards becomes eleven yards. And you add that up over a game, and it, it makes a huge difference in your running game. So I think the need to continue to add playmakers 
specifically at running back, but just across the board. You know, you look at those teams. South Carolina obviously had a had a great one in Debo Samuel, but you know, and they have they have guys coming back in Shy Smith, Brian Edwards. But man, you look at some of these teams. They you know in Oklahoma they've got like three Debo's out there almost. You know, they've got guys that make plays across the board. So I think it was a real need to to continue to upgrade across the board. And then it, it just sort of fell into their lap in some ways in that Miami had a, a head coaching change, which meant that they went a completely different rec, uh, you know, way on offense. And then, boom, Thomas Brown is there and available and good friends with Brian McClendon. And it, it just it made too much sense not to make the move, I think. I don't know if y'all have had a chance to talk to Brown or the coaching staff about this hire specifically, but do you know if he has any eligibility left? I don't think that's nah, how it works, but he. He's but up. watching that video, he, man, that it's dude, impressive. That dude's it's quick. really impressive. Do, do you guys remember watching him play? It was it was Thomas Brown, and then for for at least a time, because you know when No. Sean Marino was a freshman, that doesn't uh-huh. seem like that long ago. Two thousand seven, um, Thomas Brown split carries with him. I think he was a senior. Okay, yeah. But yeah. for a time, they had Thomas Brown, Danny Ware, and Danny Craig Ware. Lumpkin, all those dudes. Three of them at the same time, and but, they were man, all good. Georgia's had some backs though, like God. I mean, yeah. you, and, but that's and that's what we're talking about though. You look at and and I think it's it's hard to get these elite guys right now because they are they're most of the elite running backs are going to a Georgia to an Alabama. The name brand, I think they're they're they would all just go to Alabama. <laughs> yeah, or but Georgia. I mean, look, Georgia. look at what they're doing. I yeah. mean, we've I feel like we've forgotten. All because of the injury, we've forgotten about Zamir White. I mean, Zamir White's going to step right in, yeah. um, you know, God willing that he's completely healthy uh, and and be their guy or one of their guys next year. So um, these guys, these other programs just stack running backs, and I think backs as a collective have realized, hey, I can go split carries and then still go to the NFL and not get worn down. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it makes it harder and harder, But but maybe – you know, maybe a Thomas Brown can go out and, and get you a guy. You know, we'll talk about some actual names later on. But um, to me, that's the that's the biggest priority for him coming in is just to go get those difference makers. Well, and that is the interest because when you look at his resume, you say, oh, well, he coached Melvin Gordon in 2014 and Michelle and Chubb in 2015. And I think it's fair to say that those guys would have been all right without Thomas Brown, not to disparage what he did as a coach. But you have to have the guy more than, you know, just have somebody and then hope to develop him into a Melvin Gordon. So what do you guys see? Obviously, it's going to take him a year to, to really start to get a chance to get his guys in here. But maybe some guys on the horizon for the 2020 class that we might see Brown target that maybe Carolina wouldn't have had a chance at before. Well, I, I think we can go to 20, but if we can back up to 19, too, um, you know, they'll, they'll still dig around on some 2019 backs. It is, like you said, Pearson, I think it's going to be a little tougher, um, but they will contact some guys. They've got one already on campus in Kevin Harris from Georgia, who, of course, his commitment and and enrollment predated Thomas Brown getting to South Carolina officially. Um, But the plan in this class has been for a while that if you can go get a second back who's really good, do it. Now, is it going to be a little bit tougher at this juncture? Maybe. But there are some pre-existing relationships, um, you know, that he's had. That could, you know, a couple guys he could dig on. I mean, Jamias Griffin from Georgia is a guy who's ranked four stars by Rivals.com. He's an NC State commitment, did not sign during the early period. Brown continued to recruit him at Miami. So that's one to keep an eye on. Mark Anthony Richards um, out of Florida is an, an all-purpose back type. He's 6'1", 190 or so. Brown recruited his brother, Amon Richards, to Miami. 
uh, in the 2016 class and, and has been recruiting him. Auburn and Miami have really been the front runners. So can he land a visit from one of those guys? And then you, you see where things go. And then certainly in the 20 class, there'll be a priority too. Yeah, I think you look at those two guys, probably um, different type backs. Uh, you know, Mark Anthony Richards, even though he is a running back, I, I think he's he's almost physically kind of in a like a Debo Samuel type mold as far as his skill set. He could he could play receiver some. You know, he's a guy you can move around, use him in a kickoff return game, use him at running back, use him in the slot, stuff like that. Uh, more of a true back than like a Debo, but as far as versatility goes, I, I think you know you look at that, and then uh, Jamias Griffin, more of that. Um, compact uh, but physical, tough-nosed runner. And I think he had a huge senior year and has sort of seen his interest from schools go up, so didn't sign with NC State. Um, and then you, you look ahead to 20, I, I think um, two two guys we've talked about a lot as being priorities for South Carolina, Tank Biz, Bigsby and uh, Ladarius Tennyson, um, major priorities for South Carolina, but were all, also already offered by Thomas Brown. At, at Miami, and, you know, I, I think it just makes sense that they would continue to recruit those guys. Uh, you know, you look at Bigsby, this is a very high four-star guy. Tennyson's a, a three-star guy right now, but I think has a chance to move up. Um, you look ahead to 2020, these are two guys already that I, I think fit that mold as being possible uh, difference-making type backs that South Carolina is going to be in the game with. And I know, Chris, uh, you just talked to Tennyson, I think, before the Brown hire. Um but both those guys visited, you know, during the season, I think. Yep, yep. Uh, Tennyson was on campus for a game later in the season. Uh, Bigsby had, had been down, too. I think he was down for the Georgia game and maybe one other time later in the year. If he I was down later, correctly. too. Yeah, yeah, down later. So he, he took two game visits, which is big for South Carolina. I mean, right now, or, or predating the Brown hire, you know, South Carolina was is going to make the top five for Bigsby. Bobby Bentley had done some good legwork early there in, in getting South Carolina in the game, so we'll see where things go now. Obviously, the competition there, there is going to be fierce. And then with Tennyson, interestingly, the two programs I've heard that were in the mix the most for him were South Carolina and Miami. And so um, it figures that maybe with, with Bentley staying on staff, they've already got that relationship. And then uh, with Brown coming on, a guy who he had familiarity with from his time at Miami, that those two names are probably going to be ones we're going to keep tracking. And I think, you know, with, with Bentley staying, you probably, I would think, let Bentley and Thomas Brown – almost sort of tag team recruit yeah. these guys, I think, because you already have the relationship there, just like you would if if a guy was in one coach's area, and, you know, that area coaches are going to recruit him and then the position coach is going to recruit him. I, I think – and Carolina does a lot of uh, overall staff recruiting anyway. They want all the staff to know all the kids. But I think those unique situations, Chris, you probably just tag team them with both those guys. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. I mean, there's already that bond, and when those guys get back on campus, there'll be that level of familiarity. You know, I think Brown had been probably more involved with Tennyson just because I, I haven't gotten the feel that he had offered Bigsby. Miami offered Bigsby, but they've never really been that big of a factor. But mm-hmm. given that he's already interested now in South Carolina, um, I, I think it'll it'll probably keep rolling in terms of just being able to get him back on campus again. Not to zoom out too far, it is interesting to me that this has been such a big headline. It's not often that the hiring or moving around of 
assistant coaches and not even coordinators, just positional coaches gets this much play. But, you know, I think it speaks to what it means to bring in a guy with this sort of pedigree, another addition to a staff that's already chock full of young and exciting up-and-coming talents in McClendon and T-Rob and Muschamp himself still, you know, fairly early on in his coaching career or at least his head coaching career. Elsewhere on South Carolina staff, however, we are still awaiting a final decision on another positional coach, and that is the defensive line. Lance Thompson is on his way out of Columbia. Now, who steps into that role has been the subject of a lot of speculation and a lot of rumor mills. What are you guys hearing officially? Uh, you know, officially, there's not there's not much out there. I, I think, um, you know, you look, Chris, and Thomas Brown's name at running backs uh, popped up almost immediately. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't even hear any other names. Like, it was just, nah. uh, it was Thomas Brown's name is out there. And, and it's, it's interesting we try to follow this stuff. Sometimes a name will pop up and then more names will pop up or a name will pop up early and it's really just a rumor. It's just a guy trying to get his name out there type thing because, uh, you know, agents throw names out there and stuff as well. But the Thomas Brown thing was, like, clear from the very beginning, which is actually rare. Um, you know, uh, initially sort of the, the name that popped up for D-line coach was Bo Davis, who, uh, you know, is former Alabama guy. Uh, right now is with the Detroit Lions, and then, you know, Chris and I were told by two completely separate people, uh, you know, don't look for that to be the hire. Um, you know, I think Travis Jones's name has been out there. He's currently with the Falcons right now. Um, that name's been out there really since this time last year when there were rumors that there could be, you know, that Lance Thompson could be moving on. Um, so, uh, But right now, not, you know, there's not a bunch of other names that are out there. It's been relatively quiet. Has been completely opposite from the Thomas Brown search, and um, you know, worth pointing out, Lance Thompson not you know not officially, uh, I guess, gone right now as far as what you know South Carolina says, but we do expect there to be a change. It's just not really clear, Chris, uh, what direction that might go. Yeah, I mean, the, the sense we've gotten is, uh, and maybe sometime very soon something will come out, whether it's something unofficially or officially about a new defensive line coach, but. Um, right now, I just we've sort of gotten the sense that they're still looking, still talking to people, and there's some other possibilities still out there, and we certainly haven't unearthed yeah. maybe who those are quite yet. And and if we can um, like speculate for a second, uh, which is what podcasts are for, I think um, there's also I, I think a, at least a possibility at some point that you sort of look at the fact that you could maybe move some pieces around on on the defensive side as well. If a guy – if there happens to be a similar just scenario where somebody like a Thomas Brown just happens to be out there and you say, well, I'd like to add that coach. I mean, I think a lot of us forget that, you know, Lance Thompson was – by now has only been the defensive tackles coach. Um, you know, we still call him the defensive line coach, but, um, you know, Mike Peterson is a guy that has, has been handling the defensive ends now. So – um, you know, if you ha- if there's a guy out there that makes sense, then you bring him in and, and maybe shuffle some more. But I, I think Mike Peterson, um, a good young coach on the staff, but has some versatility in that he he played linebacker, um, in college and in the NFL. He's now coached the Sams, the Bucks, and defensive ends. You know, at at times at South Carolina. So uh, I think you do have some versatility up front in how you're going to structure things moving forward. So. And that's not coming from any, you know, information. Just that if you have a young guy on your staff that has some versatility, it gives you flexibility in who you might add to the staff and where you might, uh, you know, peg them as far as how they fit. 
South Carolina got most of its recruiting out of the way with the early signing period, but still have a couple of slots open for February. So let's do a couple of quick hitters on a couple of names that I see pop up a lot that people are curious about. And just give me your initial thoughts of where this guy is and how you think this is going to end up for South Carolina and for this young man. We'll start with defensive back Daquan Watts. You want to go first? <laughs> sure, uh, sure. I'll go. I mean, I think all, all these guys we're about to talk about, South Carolina is in is in pretty, pretty good decent shape. shape. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean Watts is um he's really had three schools, which are Oregon, Ole Miss, and South Carolina. Um Ole Miss, he canceled his visit there, so it looks like they're probably out. So South Carolina gets one next weekend, the weekend of January eighteenth. His decision date is set for January twenty eighth, and he's tentatively right now set to go to Oregon right before that. So the weekend of I guess the twenty fifth mm-hmm. through the twenty seventh that he's supposed to go to Oregon, but Think, I think, Wes, there's a decent chance that maybe he cancels that trip or maybe he goes out there. Um, but I think South Carolina can work themselves into to really, really good shape next weekend, possibly. Yeah, I think, and I think they're already in good shape. He, you know, he's committed to Central Florida at one time. He decommitted um, right, right after that visit and uh, right after the visit to South Carolina, I should say. Got offered, visited, decommitted, and uh, I've got the impression that's where he's wanted to just – Talking to him right after that visit, I, I had the impression that's where he wanted to be. Um, you know, he is a take for South Carolina, so, you know, I, I think they're in pretty good shape. All right, next up, defensive tackle, Jaquez Sorrells. Yeah, Sorrells, another guy, Chris, I think they're in good shape with. Um, Going to take a January 18th official visit. Um, also looking at, at Penn State and Alabama officials after that. But, uh, you know, this is a guy we didn't really talk a lot about or know a lot about prior to this summer, and then he was at a summer camp, and we were like, you know, Wow, you know, they, they've made a big move for this guy, and um, I think they've been in pretty good shape ever since. You know, he talked to rivals at the Under Armour check-in, big Under Armour All-American game check-in, and really talked up South Carolina, loves the relationships he has with Muschamp and T-Rob. Um, his mom's never been to Columbia. Um, you know, that's something he mentioned. Mom's going to be a big, um, important factor, but I, I think the job South Carolina has done recruiting him, just get mom in, show her the program. Parents tend to... I think uh, like the program a lot on official visits, so uh, I think the official visit's probably the final step for him to m- maybe end up at South Carolina. Yeah, and Sorrell's a guy uh, formerly committed to Florida uh, a while back, and like you said, Wes, showed up at uh, South Carolina's camp this summer and really did a nice job. He's a, he's a guy with size. He's really athletic and quick twitch. So I think he's a guy that can give you some pass rush on the interior of the line, which is becoming more and more important nowadays uh, in college football, and so – uh, very good prospect, and like you said, Penn State, Alabama is still in the mix. Really the only visit that's definitely on the books is the one to South Carolina, and I think thus far they've done the best job, most thorough job, I think, recruiting him, and, and that could certainly pay off. He'll probably take it pretty close to down to the end, but someone they have a good shot to pull in this class. Next up on the list, another defensive back, Shiloh Sanders. Yeah, and uh, son of Dion, I guess we got to mention that. Um, you know, was at the Under Armour game as well. And, uh, you know, Chris, I, I think you talked to him after his official and he said, you know, South Carolina's out front. Um, I think he's sort of maintained that status after, you know, after that. And looks like South Carolina's going, you know, going in on him. They want him. Um, they're in good shape, I guess. Going to have to make it, few, make it through maybe another official visit or two. He went to Colorado State. I know he was talking about going to Tennessee this month at some point, but uh, but, yeah, they're in good shape, and they, they want to sort of lock up a, a number of DBs, I think, to finish out the class. Yeah, definitely. Could take, you know, as many as three there. And Shiloh's one that um, really 
from sort of towards the end of the season until now they've they've been prioritizing he's he's really began to sort of blossom as a high school player and so you see the upside there obviously aside from the bloodlines he's a guy that you know has really good size but he's six foot six one he's physical um, he's got coverage ability could really help on special teams I think um, as early, even early in his career and uh, probably has just looking at him the versatility to play corner or safety really you mentioned as many as three defensive backs. The last guy on our list is another cornerback, Jamie Robinson, as South Carolina continues its pursuit of everybody named Jam or Jammy, as they already have Jamias Williams. You mentioned another Jamias running back prospect in the next couple years, and Jamie Robinson. Are they gonna are they gonna corner the market on Jams and Jammy and Jamias here? Yes, it, it appears that way. Um, yeah, South Carolina's in good shape. Um, he he's kind of let it uh, the process. Uh, stretch out extend out i mean I, I i look back i put in my my little forecast thing for him like july for south carolina i think we we thought maybe his official visit which i want to say that was june i know yeah. it, was it was summertime yep. i think it was the first week of june thought he might commit there and uh you know he's talked up south carolina for a long time and just has not yet pulled the trigger um going to auburn this weekend That'll be interesting. I think right now, South Carolina, Kentucky, yep, strongest. Um, There's talk about Tennessee for the longest time. Um, by the way, Shelton Felton, his former coach, is not at Tennessee anymore. He left for a job at Akron. Um, That's right. Yep. You know that was a big that was a big reason Tennessee was in it. But also he got you know it was a situation where you didn't think they could take him um, because of the NCAA rules. So mm-hmm. that, that was kind of an interesting aspect. Georgia, I don't feel like, has been after him as hard lately. So, South Carolina, Kentucky, Chris, and then does Auburn make a move this weekend, you think? Yeah, I think I think going into the visit, the Auburn trip is more of take a trip type mm-hmm. of visit. Um, you never know. I mean, you get a guy on a campus for an official visit, it's always something to monitor. I do think, like you said, Wes, is Carolina, Kentucky. Kentucky's recruited him for a long time. They're losing, what, four or five senior defensive backs. They certainly have a good – uh, story to tell him in terms of playing time, but I think those are the main ones. Tennessee, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to Tennessee and maybe took another visit at some point. Um, I think, you know, right now the only one set in stone is Auburn, uh, but Jamie has taken a lot of visits. He told me recently that, you know, he was sort of tiring of the process, and um, I have heard, Jamie didn't tell me this, but I have heard there's a chance he goes back to South Carolina, um, you know, shortly before signing day, which would certainly – uh, be another feather in their cap as they try to close him out. Y'all know what the y'all know how this is going to culminate, right? After How's they that? get Jamias Williams and the Jamias running back and Jamie Robinson, they're going to have to go into Key and P world and and pick Jamie 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 out of there. <laughs> I think he was the Heisman winner in that Key and Peele skit, wasn't he? I, I don't remember. I, don't remember I, the I know the skit you're talking about, but yeah. I think, I think Fudge was one of the Heisman winners, and Jamie, Jamie, Jamie may have been the other one. But either way, Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark, great stuff as always. That wraps up our first edition of Gamecock Current Events. And if you want to hear more of either of their dulcet tones, you can tune in to my show, Lunch with Pearson Fowler, noon. Mondays, I have Wes, and Thursdays, I have Chris. So if you miss either of those guys, tune in to 107.5 The Game or on the app, the 107.5 The Game app. To hear more of them, we'll be back with more Gamecock Current Events before you know I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. 
We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.